0: we are back in acts this morning and so this is the the part two not intended to be a part two but here we have it nonetheless i i was trying to when you have to preach the same message again or the second part you're like all right i guess i have to think of a new introduction a new way to introduce this the content of of where we're going to be at last week i used the analogy of parenting and and the way we teach our children flexibility and the importance of adapting i thinking of it this way today and I'll be brief and then we'll jump right back into where we left off but I one of the things I do enjoy road trips and I enjoy being able to get in the car and drive and and see different places I think that's a special thing about the United States I know people you know complain about how car dependent we are but I love our interstate system I love the freedom to be able to drive anywhere you want in the US and you can get there there there's something about that because it's so varied You can go state to state, and you know have to cross through you know checkpoints or anything like that. You can go all these different regions. We have desert areas and coastal areas, and you know forested areas like like here. You have mountains. You have cold, hot. You got we got it all, and we can we can get in the car and drive. You have dense urban areas. We have you know very remote rural areas. We have different subcultures within the U.S. and different accents that you hear in different parts of the country, different foods and, and regional foods and different architecture depending on where you are in the states. The U.S. is it's just not bland. It's not monochromatic. But, but but any any one of us, again, can get in the car and drive to any of those places with relative ease, at least the 48, 48 of the states. Uh, we're not all teach-outs and drive to Alaska for, you know, summer vacation, but um, why can we do that though? It's because there are all of these constants. This is different than if you're driving in, in, you know, through Europe or something like that. It, they're, they're, the driving laws are consistent in the United States. I, I realize each maybe locale may have a, a little thing, you know, have a little blinking yellow uh, uh, turn, turn arrow or whether we're all getting used to. And so the roundabouts, those kinds of things may differ. But you, but you don't have to wonder which side of the road to drive on, depending on what state you're in. We, we have the same language, and so I don't have to wonder, oh, am I going to need a translator, am I going to get the little Google Translate thing out when I cross this state border? I, we have to use the same currency, so I have to think, how am I going to buy food, how are we going to get gas? Same interstate system that's all connected and everything's laid out well. So if you have to have, to have a change of plans, maybe a road's closed, No problem. We can adjust because we can count on these on these givens. A detour, fine. Weather delayed, no problem. We, we, it makes it simple to, tra- to travel in that way. Also, okay, so take that and connect it to where we've been looking at. Last week, we kind of laid out our, our plan for the coming year, and, and we began to talk about the, the importance of moving on. We're moving forward as a church. And so uh, there, there, are these, there are these great sights for us to see as a church. There are great ways for us to see God at work in us and through us uh, in our community and around the world And we, we want to keep moving forward And moving onward as a church And, and, and God is God, God, We want to see God at work in those ways Upward, inward, outward we, we talked about that last week And yes there are going to be detours And there will be unexpected changes and adjustments That we have to make like we've had to do Over the past year in particular the Road closures as it were Changes to our, our itinerary But there are these constants they give us the freedom to, to just keep pressing on and pushing forward and, and moving, moving ahead as a church, uh, following the Spirit's guidance, seizing those opportunities that he opens up for us as a church. And so to help us think and, and pray and feel our way through what's ahead, what I want to do last week and what we'll do, continue to do today is just, is just think and focus upon those parts of the church that don't change. These are the things that don't change. And what we've done, basically, I said this last week, of have just kind of walked through the book of Acts, read through the book of Acts, making note of those constants in the church, and those aspects of the church that, that, that do not and will not change. And some of, most of the ones we looked at last week were very positive in nature. We're going to see this week there, there are some negative ones, but there's even some assurance in that that we're not surprised. There, there will be weather delays. There will be road closures, but it's okay. We can, we can deal with that. And so 15 constants, 15 unchangeables in the church. Now, I had like two more I was tempted to add in here, but I was already struggling to get through five points last week, so I didn't want to make any more difficulty for myself. So we're just going to stick with 15, but 15 aspects of the church that are the same today as they were when the church was in its infancy in the book of Acts, and they will be until Christ returns. So this is just, if you were with us last week, this is just another helping of icing this week. We're back to meat and vegetables next week. First thing we said, just quickly by way of review, is that Jesus is still in charge. He is still in charge. Jesus was calling the shots when Acts opens, then Christ ascends, goes, returns to heaven, but he doesn't go back to just kind of kick back and, and uh, you know, hand us the keys when he leaves and say, just hope you guys make it. No, that's not it. He, 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 is, he, he is still in charge. He's still working. He's still leading. He's still protecting. He's still feeding. He's still guiding his church. He's still building his flock. He's very hands-on in this. He's still in charge. Second, the Bible is still our foundation. Just as desperate as they were to hear from God and to know his revealed will for them as a church, and, and to say, for it is written, for it is written, to constantly be looking back into the scriptures and seeing how what God has spoken, so should we be. We say the Bible is still our foundation. And it's futile to try to build a church on anything other than that. Third, the Holy Spirit is still on the move. I mean, you read through the book of Acts and you just see the Spirit's working. Everything's attributed to, to what he's doing and he's active and, he's, and he's, he's powerfully working in Acts and he's still at work today. Not in some diminished second-rate form. He is, he is mightily working today, brothers and sisters, in and through his people. Fourth, the mandate is still in effect. The Great Commission so just as their lives, uh, the, just as their lives were, our lives, our church should be shaped and defined by and, and, and gripped by this mandate. It should, give, it should give definition to the way we live, to our lives, to our lifestyles, individually and collectively. And so this, this, the mandate is still in fact, go make disciples of all nations, be my witnesses. And then fifth, where we left off, the gospel is still changing Lives the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen again. That was the lifeblood of the church then, and it's got to be the lifeblood today. All right, so now we're caught up. We pick up with number six here, the sixth constant, and it's this, is that prayer is still powerful. Now, this will be quick because Eric dealt with this a couple weeks ago and did so wonderfully, and so I, we'll, we'll be brief here. But as the church... As you, as you look through Acts, as the church moves forward and, and engages in God's mission and the, and the gospel's progress, it does so with this fervent, oftentimes tear-soaked prayer. They're, they're, they're going to the Lord. They're praying. Whenever the church gathers, they pray. Whenever there are decisions to make, they, they pray. They, they pray for boldness because they're scared in the face of opposition. We find them praying for persecuted brothers and sisters and Acts 12.5 Peter was kept in prison but earnest prayer for him was made made to God by the church and we find Peter is rescued the Lord does deliver him in response to their praying Peter goes to see them what does he find? verse 12 many were gathered together and were praying I mean this is just the normal behavior of the early church and that they prayed for workers that are sent out they prayed for those who are left behind and still living on mission where they are see this in acts 20 and 21 so they had this this wartime mindset that that brought them to their knees crying out to the Lord help help we need you we need you we need you This, this task is too great for us we cannot do it on our own we need you so neediness listen that's another thing that hasn't changed is neediness it's not like they were needy in the early church we're okay now we're we've got everything kind of figured out no so, so prayer, the place of prayer in the life of the church shouldn't change either. We need to consistently say, Lord, help, 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 help. It's true for believers individually. It's true for us corporately. Uh, listen, we're gonna, uh, an expression of this and of, of an application of this is we're going to start having Sunday night prayer meetings uh, twice a month. And so starting February 14th, what a way to celebrate Valentine's Day. And come here, wear pink and red, whatever you want to wear. But, uh, but we're going we're gonna to start having Sunday night prayer meetings through the spring at least. And so 6 p.m. won't be longer than an hour, but just time devoted for prayer, sharing what the Lord's doing and praying for one another, praying for the flock, praying for, for, for our assembly, praying for the wider church, praying for our community, praying for our nation and world. And so this is part of that upward. We want to we wanna be looking up at God and see see his activity, his authority his presence among us in real and tangible ways and so, um, so please make it a point to join us this will be for the whole church body those small groups that are meeting on Sunday nights are going to kind of switch over and meet first and third Sunday nights so, so that everybody has an opportunity to be here second, fourth, we'll talk more about that seventh constant is the ordinances are still essential again while while the worship and ministry of churches will look very different across cultural and geographical and generational lines that there's beauty in that isn't there if you've ever had the opportunity to to be a part of a, a worship gathering in another culture in another context it's a wonderful thing but there are certain givens in our assemblies there are certain things that you see everywhere you go in every context there are there are these basic principles and practices that don't change even though the you know the exact expression of them might look a little different so preaching and singing and fellowship and praying and leadership they're they're always going to be part of the church's called orthopraxy we, not just orthodoxy what we believe and teach but what we the way we practice but but even in a more fundamental way the ordinances of baptism and the lord's table they will always be present in the church jesus prescribed these to be perennial practices for the church and so those who believe in Jesus are to be baptized and because of their new life in Christ. And then the gathered church is to regularly remember Christ together, his broken body, his shed blood as we celebrate communion together. And so and we find the early church holding these, these precious ordinances close and, and, and exercising them and observing them faithfully. This is the pattern we see throughout the book. And so I just so that hasn't changed we're, we're not now free to find kind of modern updated um, replacements of baptism in the lord's table i mean i said there's no detailed prescription for the exact manner in which in which the ordinances are to be observed it's not like we have the detailed temple measurements and 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 uh instructions like we find in the old testament not told what's acceptable to be baptized in thankfully since we used the cattle trough this this uh, a few weeks ago um and it, it not told how you know big a piece of bread thankfully because we're using these little covid safe uh, communion crackers and stuff like that and how it's to be served but but that's but the importance of the ordinances in our gatherings that hasn't changed it hasn't changed and it's got to be got to be front and center the preaching and the ministry of the word and and these ordinances Elder retreat last year, we we spent a lot of time. This was before COVID, and so it's kind of this distant memory. But we spent a lot of time talking about our Lord's Day gatherings and corporate worship and our liturgy as a church, and and the importance and goodness of communion in particular was discussed at length. And so we we just see this as, as critical for us as a church, and that hasn't changed. Seventh, now eighth, eighth constant opposition is is still inevitable opposition is still inevitable alright we got a little darker with this one but it's shocking as as I was reading through Acts again in preparation particularly before last week it's it's shocking how many verses in Acts uh, this list of verse references that I have beside this point is lengthy how many verses had to do with opposition to the gospel and to the church throughout Acts wherever the gospel goes opponents are either waiting or they show up right away persecution of the church is just a given and whenever we're not experiencing it actively we should be thankful to god that that is the exception though not the rule it's, it's, it starts as soon as the gospel takes root right in acts 4 and it never lets up sometimes it's delayed but it's never done it's never gone sometimes the preaching of the gospel in acts is received with its interest and enthusiasm and they're welcome, but then it turns to violent opposition quickly. Sometimes it comes from organized religion, sometimes from civil government, sometimes from businesses, sometimes from just kind of random individuals. Sometimes it's physical, beatings and acts, imprisonments and stonings. Sometimes it's verbal threats and mockery. Sometimes it's spiritual, there's demonic opposition. Sometimes it's very organized and sanctioned by Religious or civil authority Sometimes it's just reactionary And carried out kind of by Lone wolf uh, Persecutors And so there's this there, There's this pattern All the way, Right from the beginning of the church Of opposition And that has continued right on Throughout church history Hasn't it? It does to the present Jesus is still Opposed today it may look different in, in, in different ways, in different cultures, in different contexts, and in different generations. But it's always there. We cannot, we can't be deterred from our, from the mission that Christ has given us by resistance, because we we expect it. There's no matter, no matter how fierce, no matter how hostile it is. We we have to keep moving onward. You know. I think we, we face the likelihood of increased opposition we've enjoyed a season as, as within this nation the church has of, of relative you know support and, and not a lot of antagonism i I don't mean to say this with fear and be a prophet of doom by any means, but we, we shouldn't be surprised if things become more difficult. First Peter, just read that letter it's uh, we have a dear brother that in another local church here is preaching through first Peter and I think called it a letter for the times and it really is is that we don't meet we don't meet this opposition with fear or with shock We, we are a misunderstood minority we always have been always will be and we should expect to face hostility and yet Peter says yet we live with hope living hope in the midst of a hostile world that's so opposition it's unavoidable ninth sin still plagues us Sin still plagues us. There isn't just opposition from without. No, there is decay from within. We will we will deal with there, there's that potential. The church is never immune to sin and its awful effects in the in, in the body. And so the the, the sin has always has always been a problem in the church and will always be a problem in the church until Christ comes back. Throughout Acts, we we see the warts of the church, and so he's starting it with famously with Ananias and Sapphira they're right there in Acts chapter 5 and greed and lying and it just goes on and on and on I'm not going to count all of these but the, 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 the sins of the world we often say so often become the sins of the church we're not immune from that potential sins like lust and sexual sin addictions, idolatry, gossip lying, slander, love of money and just on and on and on we see these and we have to be prepared and shouldn't be surprised. And so the Bible has given us instruction how to deal with that and, and to, to, to help one another and to rescue one another in the midst of those sins. But sin will, will always plague us. Some of those sins are relational sins, which brings us to the tenth constant. And it's that conflicts still threaten us. Conflicts still threaten us. They threaten the gospel's progress. You get to chapter 15 of Acts and you have the Jerusalem Council Jerusalem Council this was all related to the inclusion of the Gentiles in these churches predominantly Jewish and so there was much debate verse 7 says much debate about the practice and the theology of including Gentiles into congregations And so this this threatened it threatened to derail, derail what God was doing it looked like that from, from our perspective. The church looked like it could really come apart over this issue. But then you see, it was resolved. It was resolved. They worked, they worked through this very difficult matter together. You look later in chapter 15. So now, so in earlier it's it's this big you know mega church conference and trying to sort this issue out in this you know official council of the church. Then you get to later in the chapter though and you have this personal disagreement that that develops between Barnabas and Paul as to the usefulness of a guy named John Mark. You probably know the story. It was was such a, the text says, a sharp disagreement that they end up separating, going their different ways. So you have the greatest apostle Paul and the son of encouragement, Barnabas, who can't get along. Who are struggling to work they can't work this conflict out, essentially. Now this this was later resolved and Paul saw John Mark different, differently and he said that no he he's actually very useful to me. Send him to me and, and he is so so that that but that, that so there was resolution there. But listen, this is the wonderful thing. Thankfully, all of those kinds of conflicts are over, aren't they? We have we have we have moved past those kind of petty disputes. We've settled issues that, that churches maybe threaten to divide over, right? It's just part of the early church. Well, they were working things out, but we're, we're farther along. No, 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 no. This, is, this, is, this will always, there will always be conflicts that threaten us. We shouldn't be surprised. We always need to be making every effort, as Paul says, to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Because there will be disagreements because whenever two or more sinners are involved there will be conflicts but we have to stay at the table and keep working towards peacemaking listen we talked about this a little bit last week and we were kind of going over our ministry plan for the coming year I mean the, the church I mean the wider body of Christ is, is more fractured than I can ever remember in my lifetime I mean the Again, we talked about those just the three big ones of of racial strife, COVID response, and the election have just sent fractures and fault lines through through the church, and we're not exempt from that. And I know we feel that the potential lines of division and 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 are deep and they're numerous. So we, we shouldn't be surprised. It's not like okay, we, we can't handle this. Though so the Lord is. Given us what we need, but but it, it does mean active, active peacemaking, actively working, uh moving towards one another in love, all of those one another commands. This is this is where this is where it meets the road, folks. This isn't just hypothetical, it's not it's not just in kind of abstract. No, this is real stuff where we where we are patient with one another, where the fruit of the spirit manifests itself in gentleness as we're going to talk about today in our lives and we're gentle with one another and we we prefer one another in love and we and we make peace with one another we encourage one another we love one another don't we'll judge one another all these things they show up so but again this is this is a constant we, we can't be surprised and say man we have never we we I'm I'm saying it's it's more fractured than I've seen in my lifetime but it's not I'm not surprised because conflict is inevitable 11th constant Hurting people still need help. Hurting people still need help. I mean, you look through through again Acts. There are all kinds of different needs that arose in the early church. You have new believers who had traveled to Jerusalem to be there at Pentecost, and they stayed. They they became believers and they stayed to be taught uh, by the apostles as these new Christians, and they and they needed help from local believers. They needed food. They needed shelter because they're away from home, and there was no Holiday Holiday Inn Express to stay at, and just they were reliant upon the hospitality of others and so there were all kinds of needs as these thousands of people were were had stayed in in jerusalem you had widows who needed extra help maybe some of them were cut off from their families because they trusted in christ and the temple was no help to them anymore because of their newfound faith in jesus you had famine you had prisoners and just on and on and on you read through acts or all kinds of needs physical needs material needs and social needs and, and and there there will always be these kinds of needs there will always be the, those that need help hurting people who need help in the body of Christ always new opportunities for ministry to meet those needs this is this is why we it's essential that we see the Christian life as this shared life that koinonia we have fellowship with one another we share life together certainly with what's going on right now with COVID, and there are there have been many opportunities to to help one another and and honestly there, in more ways than you realize people in our church have been helped because of you've given generously to this congregation and benevolence funds have been distributed to the deacons and in other ways but and i know many of you have shown up and taken meals and and there's there's a lot more help honestly that goes on in this congregation than the formal ways and that, that we're all involved in at a, at a leadership level I know you guys show up, you help one another, and that's got to increase because there will always be hurting people who need help. That's a given. We need to be prepared. Twelfth constant, Twelfth constant. New frontiers still remain. New frontier still remain. I mean Jesus set the direct tra- set the trajectory for the church in the statement of the mission in in acts one eight, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It basically says start in Jerusalem where you're gathered and then go out from there and never stop. Essentially what he's saying. And that's exactly what we see unfold in Acts. You, 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 many people have done this. You can outline the book of Acts, this is one way, with this geographical progression. But the end of the earth is never reached. Um, it still hasn't been reached. There's still people who have yet to be have that kind of exposure to the gospel and access to the gospel and so in acts the the apostles the early church they they just kept their foot on the accelerator it's kept going always trying to find that next gear there's got to be another one let's go you see it in acts chapter 8 the church is scattered throughout judea and samaria because of of persecution by saul and what do they do? They, they're scattered and have to flee for their lives. And what do they do? They go out proclaiming, preaching the word, the gospel. Over and over, the new towns and new regions and new travels by land, by sea. They're all over the place. Sometimes they're forced to new places because of persecution. Sometimes it's just a, a deliberate decision, a choice to go to this place, this new area. Sometimes they're being driven by the Holy Spirit. Listen, that that hasn't changed the need. There are new frontiers that remain. We we have to keep our foot on the gas. We have to keep leaning forward, onward, into new frontiers, never getting too comfortable with with staying put. Always going, always sending, always supporting, always, always raising up new workers, always praying, always plotting. And the kind of I don't just mean out there, the kind of kind of zeal for the gospel's advance over there and other, other cultures and other nations is the, is the kind of zeal that should characterize our lives here you know, students are talking about evangelism Wednesday night and this is, this is a need for us and something we identified in the ministry plan last week to, to be more outward facing as a church, as Christians just be, be looking for those opportunities in our community right here to sow the seed of the gospel uh, and, and there are opportunities everywhere Thirteen, three, three more. New workers still are needed. New workers are still needed. Now, when we think of people in Acts, we tend to think of the, the lead cast members. If, there, if, it was a, if it was a musical, they would be the ones with their pictures on the cast board, the big headshots. Uh, we think have Peter and John and Stephen and Paul and Barnabas, those, those names. They're the ones who saw the gospel action, right? there listen, I, w- I was surprised reading through this again, how many names, how many people, names that I will struggle to pronounce, as I'm going to read them to you in just a moment. Uh, they, these are not the ones that people name their kids after, not because they're not worthy of it, but just because they're not the, the, the big hitters. There are so many: Matthias, Procurus, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas. Simon, Agabus, Simeon, Lucius, Menaean, Timothy, Lydia, Dionysius, Damaris, Sopater, Aristarchus, Secundus, Gaius, Tychicus, Trophimus, and others. The ones I really didn't want to pronounce. <laughs> so, some people are saved and they just burst onto the scene and the, in, this, in this flash, and then the Lord takes them out. We see this. Others are again others serve the Lord for a while then they're persecuted and they're maybe taken out by death or imprisonment and we don't know anything else about them there are all kinds of people and and the ones that are named are just a small representation of of all of these thousands of souls that we read about coming to faith in Christ day by day people were trusting in Christ and were ministering listen people people come people go That's that's a it's wonderful seeing people come, isn't it? It's very painful to see people go. It is as a pastor. I mean, for whatever reason, whether it's death or moving or whatever the circumstances, going to another church. But listen, God's work goes on. His work goes on. I mean, I think of this, my time, I've been, we've been here over 18 years now in this, in this local church. Um, it, it won't be too long, and half of my life will be in this congregation. Um, and so I I remember there were people when I first came you know you come and it's a new church and you, you connect with people and you think man these people are right in the middle of ministry and service they're going to always be here you just see them as this fixture like this constant and as long as I'm here they'll be here but then the Lord in his providence he moves people along and they get a job change or they get sick and die and just things happen. There's fallout. Sin enters in. Things crumble. Listen, God, God's brought others along though that I never would have expected. Didn't see it coming. And new believers and people that have moved in here. And many of you are falling in that category. And some people move in. People move out. There's babies that are born. There's dear brothers and sisters who die. Ministry leaders change staff changes all these kinds of things but the, there's just constancy there's 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 always more to be done there's always a place for people there's always every every christian every member of the church every part every person in this room every everybody watching online there's a, there's a, there's opportunities for service there's a place for you where your gifts can be used that's my segue into first corinthians next week i mean we're going to be talking about Spiritual gifts. After we talk about head coverings, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna see uh, the, this wonderful diversity of gifts and opportunities for us to to serve and minister to one another. And so there, I just want us to 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 take encouragement by that. As as our lives are transformed by the gospel, we become servants and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And every one of you falls in that category. Fourteenth, fourteenth constant growth still goes on. Growth still goes on. Jesus said, you remember, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, throughout Acts, we see Jesus building his church, keeping that promise. Nothing nothing can stop it. You get from an, from an unbelieving Pharisee named Gamaliel in, in Acts chapter 5, we, we see this reality very crystal clear and through his words. So he's, he's trying to bring calm and bring order to a group of people that's all flustered and they're ready to wipe the church off the face of the planet and, and, and he says to this group he says if this plan or this undertaking is from man it will fail but if it is from God you will not be able to overthrow them you might even be found opposing God listen while, while the early church remains deeply rooted in scripture and the apostles teaching and is, it's tethered to Christ's singular mission it just grows like wildfire in the face of opposition. We've seen this throughout history and other, other parts of the world in certain seasons. It just grows like crazy. It's not always a given, but you have 3,000 souls added in one day. Acts two forty-one verse 47. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Chapter 4, verse 4. Many of those who heard the word believed and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Chapter 5, verse 14. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Magn- multitudes of both men and women chapter 6 verse 7 and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith 931 so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria multiplied 1124 a great many people were added to the Lord 1224 the word of God God increased and multiplied 1349 the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the whole region 14.1 Fourteen one, a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed, and on and on it goes, and has gone to us, and we are the recipients of the of the word of God expanding and spreading. We are we are the the the, the uttermost parts of the earth, in, in a lot of ways. We are we are benefit, and it, it goes on. His word it continues to go on. His growth still goes on. We plant, we water, but God gives the growth need to be faithful though sowing the seed of the gospel watering it so that God can give the increase I'm not talking about you know, boosting numbers and statistics that kind of thing we're, we want to be out we're faithfulness to Christ's mission that's what compels us looking for God to bring in a harvest of souls for his name's sake last 15th constant this is just a summary statement there's still more to learn there's still more to learn the church, the church will always need to be taught and to be built up in the faith. We always need to be taught truth and help to apply it to our, our daily lives. Much of the work of the early church was what? It was strengthening churches. They, they, would, they would go into these new areas, preaching the gospel, people would be saved, then they'd come back through and strengthen these churches, and they'd leave behind faithful men pastoring that flock and teaching God's word to them. There's there's just there's always more to learn. Keep as we, as we go deep As the roots of our, of our souls Go deeper and deeper into the soil of God's word And as we grow in the truth And are strengthened in the faith Then what the Lord does is he enables us To extend the reach of our branches further That's what we see In Acts 16.5 Churches were strengthened in the faith And they increased in numbers daily I'm trying to give some you know, algebraic equation If we just do this then this But I'm, I'm saying this is the pattern. The normal, normal trajectory. All right, so 15 constants. There could be at least 17, uh, but I'm not going to go, we're not going to add those on now. But what, what, what did these do? Again, going back, I know it's hard when the sermon's disjointed and we're not talking about the ministry plan. I'm, I didn't rehash that today, but these constants give us freedom to keep going onward keep going onward together as a church. In the in that upward ways of seeing God's authority and presence in our lives and the authority of the word and, and seeing that as more more real and more pressing in our lives and that in those inward ways of uh, relationally as we we strive to, to to continue to grow in the peacemaking culture and a fellowship and share life together in those outward ways as we look out with evangelism and reaching and ministering to needs in our community. We 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 have the freedom to to, and, the, and, the, and the opportunity to just lean in and go because we have this assurance that these things don't change. That's, that's what I, I pray that the encouragement will take from our time together over these two weeks. Let's pray. Lord, we want you to be, oh Lord, we need you to be the architect, the, the, the power behind everything that we do. We're not asking for you to give your little stamp of approval on our little plans. Our little statements, our our vision. We're asking you to realign us, to realign our church, to be more squarely in the middle of your mission. And so our trust is not in us, it's not in our energy, it's not in our thoughts and plans and ideas, it's not in ideas that were discussed in some you know basement meeting in the Shawbrooks home as elders. It's it's not it. Our confidence is in you keep us tethered to you. Keep us depending on you. Keep us consumed with your mission. Keep us being built up in your word as a flock. The mission is yours. The power to fulfill it is yours. And Lord, whatever, whatever good fruit you've enabled us to see, the glory is yours. It's all yours. Lord, give us deeper roots as church and give us a broader reach for the glory of your name.